It's a football Friday, super wild card weekend. Welcome, the all-city, all-NFL meat locker. Baldy, right now at the Hula Bowl in Tampa. Not, not as much hula, I'm cuz. Uh, it's uh, Brian Boulder and Anthony Gargano with you all the time. Don't forget, there's a subscribe button. Subscribe, we get you. You get us every day, right to your phone. Hang with us. Uh, Baldy, we got so much to go to. First of all, how's uh, how's the Hula Bowl? So, first of all, the, the hula, we're in Orlando. The Hula Bowl is in Orlando. We're at, it's being played at the University of Central Florida. Yeah. So, we've been here um, the last three days. It's been great. Bill, Brian Billick is the coach of one side. Uh, Mike Smith from the Atlanta Falcons coaching the other side. And just a great group of assistant coaches uh, at every position. Ted Cottrell from the Buffalo Bills. Jim Tom Sula, Ron Turner. It's good. It's it's a really good group. Heck, we had we had uh, 249 scouts here on Wednesday and Thursday looking at practice, looking at these prospects. It's a good group. We got We got a lot of good players here right now. Yeah, it, it, it's great. I, I love those, like the hub, like you're in the hub. How come they moved it real quick? How come they, they're doing renovations to the stadium in Hawaii? Well, Is that they, why they moved it? it well, they, they basically condemned the stadium out there, Aloha Stadium. And so they, they didn't have a venue for two years and right after uh, the pandemic. And so they moved it to central to Florida. I think it's going to stay here for a long time. Maybe it will go back. But for right now, all the players are coming in and out of uh, Orlando right now. Okay. Uh, all right. We got lots to get to because it was a wild week in the NFL. Legends. I mean, it was a wild week in football, man. If you if you add Nick Saban, uh, Belichick, Pete Carroll. I mean, these are legends of legends. football that, you know, are, are that Saban stepped down. Belichick, we'll see where he lands. Pete Carroll retires. Wild. Yeah, no, no. It was uh, we, We've never seen anything like this. Uh, our social media is just blowing up the way it can when something like this happens because everybody's got some personal connection. So most all, if you're in this industry, you have some connection to Bill Belichick, uh, to, to Pete Carroll, uh, to Nick Saban. At some point, you've crossed paths, college football, going all the way back to when Belichick and Saban – we're in Cleveland together back in the early 90s, um, you know, before they pulled the plug in that franchise and end up going to Baltimore. Uh, Pete Carroll, you know, legend, just a legendary coach. You know, uh, the Jets, Patriots, USC, National Championship, Seattle, uh, Super Bowl champions, uh, you know, on every level, college, pro level. This was quite a I think, I think Saban caught everybody off guard. I think, I think we thought maybe there were some rumblings in New England, about trying to figure something out with coach. Um, and then Pete Carroll, like that caught us all by surprise because there's no question Pete Carroll can still coach at a high level. And so I think, you know, the one that really surprised all of us was Saban stepping away. All right, so let, let's let's talk about, well, first of all, there was a great picture between with Saban and Belichick together on the Brown sidelines. And like it's it's eighties and like they got their eighties look and it's it's really it's almost surreal when I look at that photo. Well, they 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 spent time together. You know, Bill Belichick has said that Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time because he could coach every position. And I actually was talking to the personnel director for the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. He sent me a text after everything came down about. Um, 
about Nick Saban. And, you know, he's been scouting for 25 years. So he said the one thing that never, ever gets put next to an Alabama player is he's a developmental player, meaning the player is already developed Yeah, at every position. You know, he, he, he still coached the secondary at Alabama. So every player that came out, Minka Fitzpatrick, pick a guy, uh, Patrick Sertan, they have been running NFL coverages since they got to Alabama. And one of the reasons why they adjust very quickly, but it was every position was so well coached and developed. And that's the only way you get on the field is by being developed. And so, yeah, it's fascinating. If you look at this season alone at Alabama and and Jalen Milrow and how he developed throughout the course of this season. I mean, you know, you want to talk about just an, an amazing coach. I, I, I want to miss him, Baldy. Oh, we're all going to miss him because, you know, he set the standard. He set the standard for Kirby Smart, for, you know, what, the, you know, Coach Day at Ohio State, go around the country. He set the standard. Recruiting, development, kids, like, keeping their nose clean. Like, this is how we're going to do things. If you don't, like, you know, I mean, I just think, you know, the lessons that you learn from Nick whenever he talks, whatever soundbite it is, um, you know, it's it, it's always football. It's on football, but it's on player development. He, I mean, I love that story that he always tells about Musin Muhammad, who got in trouble when he was 19 years old. And he's like, what do you what do you want me to do with, my, with Musin? Like, not only did he graduate at Michigan State, he had a 15-year NFL career. Now he runs his own business. Like, he's a successful guy. He made a mistake. Like, I'm not going to chase these guys off campus. You know, these kids, they're kids. We, we have to make sure that we understand that they're kids. They can make mistakes. We're going to punish them. But we're not going to we're not going to send him packing. I, I just think his like just the way he was so in touch with all these kids, the coaches, the demands. Um, it's it's the way football should be taught. Yeah, uh, just it looks like the search for Nick's replacement is centered around Kalen DeBoer compared to uh, uh, apparently uh, to several sources uh, reports. Kalen DeBoer is the guy that they're looking at from Washington uh, who just had that big run. I know we all had New Year's resolutions, and one of them is like eating right and, and getting in shape. And listen, so much has to do with your diet, all right? And this is why I want to tell you about Factor. Factor meals. They're going to help you keep your New Year's resolution Because it's the number one, and it's chef-inspired meals delivery service, all right? They come right to your door, never frozen. You just heat and enjoy Factor meals. My wife loves it. Like, she's hooked on Factor. And what do you want? You into veggie? You into vegan? All right? Calorie smart? With calorie smart, you're talking about an average of, of... Uh, 500 calories a pop. I mean, you kidding me? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. What about protein plus protein plus is amazing. You're talking about 30 grams of protein per serving. I mean, they got the stuff. In fact, it's not just for deal for dinner. 
Count on extra convenience any time of the day. An assortment of 55-plus add-ons, all right? You can choose from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab-and-go snacks, ready-to-drink, cold-pressed juices, shakes, smoothies. They got it all, man. Factor. Go to factormeals.com slash allNFL50. Use the code allNFL50. You get 50% off. That's all NFL 50. You get 50% off at factormeals.com. You're going to love it. All right. I'm telling you, two minutes, heat, enjoy, no mess, no cleanup, no prepping, just enjoyment and good stuff. Chef inspired. Factormeals.com. Let's look at Belichick. And where do you think Belichick? Like, what's next, man? And this is going to be fascinating as to, you know, where Belichick winds up. I feel like just from a personal standpoint, I've heard about Bill Belichick my whole life. Like, my dad coached at the United States Naval Academy with Steve Belichick. And so they coached the plebe team for two years. And honestly, my mother remembers being out of practice with my dad and our little, like, their daughter at the time, my sister Jeannie. And, like, little Billy was running around the field. Like, because my brother went to play with the Giants in 1982 when Belichick was a linebacker coach for Parcells. And so, you know, my brother's talking about the Giants. And, it, well, actually, Ray Perkins was a coach in 82. Yeah. Bill was uh, the defensive coordinator, got elevated the next year to the head coach. But former point, Alabama guy himself, Ray Perkins. Ray Perkins, yep. And so, um, you know, so there was always this – Belichick thing in our household. Like, you know, I'd ask my dad about coaching. Why didn't you stay in it? And he'd, he'd go, well, that's Steve Belichick. All he did was watch film. Like, like, I wanted to do more things with my life than just sit in a dark room in a projector. Like, but he did that all day. Bill was in there with his dad. Like, they, they'd sit in there with a pot of coffee and they would just go to grind film. And, my da- and then recruiting. And it was just too much. My dad wanted a family. And so he, he ended up serving the Marines. And he left it. But, um I think Bill's is wide open. Like, I think there's some jobs that could still pop uh, depending on what happens in these playoffs. And so, you know, I think Atlanta is a real possibility. Uh, Like he can still coach at a high level at the highest level. Uh, Obviously the quarterback situation and maybe some of the personnel moves he made wasn't good, but um, you know, I, I think between Vrabel, Belichick, possibly Harbaugh, and I hear th- different things about him being here at the Hula Bowl and things that he would demand and do. Uh, I think there's, and amongst all the other, you know, guys that have already been interviewed, Mike McDonald, um, you know, a lot of the guys have all, already been talked to. I, I think he's at the top of the list right now. Let, let, let me throw this out. And, and just, we're just talking and there's no reports or anyway, it's not a, a report or anything. It's just conjecture and kind of talking this thing out. But if the Eagles lose Monday night and there's a lot of talk and a lot of steam around, you know, Nick Sirianni, who, by the way, we all, we, you and I both say it. I mean, he's had a, an amazing start to his career as a head coach. First Ooh. year in the playoffs, second year in the Super Bowl. After two years, they poach both of his coordinators. All right. He's in the playoffs again this year, off to great start before the collapse. But if Belichick is available let me ask you i mean jeffrey lurie from new england uh was always modeled his eagles after the patriots there's always been a thing there with he and bob Kraft and the patriots and new england Mm -hmm. 
Would, would he would he go get Bill Belichick? If it was really ugly on Monday night, now I, I don't. I think the the what they will end up doing is having a real search for two new coordinators. That's what I believe, regardless of what happens. I agree. Yeah. But if you know, if if it's really ugly, and you know, Mister Laurie is just like, we gotta we gotta clean this all out the way he did with Doug Peterson at the end when they went four eleven and one. I mean, I would think Bill Belichick just because, if for no other reason. Jeffrey Lurie gets to work with Bill Belichick, you know, like somebody that he's probably admired for most of his life, being from that area, being from that region, watching success, uh, modeling is like, wouldn't you want to go see the guy that you modeled everything after in your building to see what it looks like, you know, and whoever, whoever the, the, the heir apparent or the successor to Mr. Lurie is down the road, wouldn't they want to kind of look about how the greatest that ever has done it? Like, get that in my building going, like, looking long-term. Like, this is how you coach, build a staff, develop a team, a toughness. Like, I think that would be attractive. Yeah, I, I you know, it's something that obviously you connect the dots and, you know, Jeffrey being from New England and that whole, you know, the whole admiration of the New England thing and the Patriots. And remember, it was, it was the Patriots and the Eagles – for the longest, I mean, for that for that period of Belichick as a coach, yeah, you know, those two had that rivalry, Andy well, in Philly and and Belichick in New England. But even like even when they hired Chip Kelly, you know, it was interesting because they did practice sessions with the Patriots up there in New England before preseason game, down yeah. at the Nova Care Center. Belichick and Chip next to each other. There's Lori out there talking to both of them. You know, like there's the connection runs pretty deep. And, you know, the pipe, I'm not saying there's a pipeline here. I mean, Matt Patricia's here. You know, he came from New England, um, you know, after, you know, stops in Detroit, whatever. But, um, like, there is, there is a lot of that right there. In fact, the um, special teams coach for Bill Belichick, one of my old coaches, Brad Center, is with the Eagles right now as a, as a uh, special teams consultant. Right. So, like, there's a lot of the of, – of, Belichick in the building with some guys that were prominent coaches for Bill in New England. Uh, Looks like Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo is uh, Bill's is going to be uh, Bill's replacement. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, he, he was drafted, um, you know, by the Patriots and spent his whole career there as a player uh, and then climbed, climbed the ranks as a position coach to where he's at right now. And so uh, I think he'll bring, I mean, I could see him keeping some, some of the coaches on the staff, perhaps like maybe even we'll see what two, Bill's two sons do if they follow his dad or if they stay with Gerard. I mean, those decisions have to be made, but yes, I mean, I think they kept it in house. Uh, you know, one thing about doing that is, you know, exactly what you're getting from Gerard Mayo, you know, the, you know, just knowing the kid, what kind of work ethic he has and why he was so um, exalted in New England as a player is because of that work ethic. I mean, they're going to be looking for those kind of players and that kind of work ethic from coaches and players going forward. Ultimately, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier in the week when we were having the same kind of talk about conjecture. This is before Belichick officially was let go, and that was Atlanta – 
which made the most sense where we, we were talking about you even brought up having fields you know you trade for fields you get the quarterback they got a good defense the whole thing so you know Atlanta still to me with Arthur Blank makes the 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 to me, the perfect situation for Belichick. I mean, if I was Arthur Blank, I just I wouldn't fool around with a developmental coach, like a guy that maybe can do it. I wouldn't because look, I mean, Arthur Blank is in his eighties. Yep. Like he'd like to get a title. I and mean, I'm not saying uh, that he doesn't have ten great years left. Who knows? But when you get to that age, you're like, I don't want to wait around a whole lot longer. I want to wait and find out if I don't know Mike McDonald can become a good head coach or if he's a good assistant. I don't know. Like, I don't think they want to wait around and do what they've done with Jim Mora and some of the other guys they brought through there over the years. Um, you know, Mike Smith was a good coach, but I don't know if they want to find out if a guy can or cannot do it. I uh, brought Dan Quinn in. Dan had some good years and then, you know, some years that didn't go so well. I think he'd like to get a proven guy in there. And he doesn't care about the age of the coach. I mean, give me a guy that knows how to do it knows how to put this blueprint together. And I mean, I, I think from that standpoint, I don't think he wants to say, okay, let's, let's give this a five-year window and see how it goes. I don't, I don't think that's what he's interested in doing. Now, and then the other team, you brought the playoffs. And then of course the other team that is out there is the Cowboys, right? Like, and if something happens and the Cowboys don't make the run, I mean, you know how Jerry is. Yeah, I think, you know, both Belichick and, I don't know, maybe even Harbaugh would be on that list if he decided to well, do something with McCarthy. Jerry's come out and endorsed Mike McCarthy, but we all know that that could change in an instant. That can change on yep. Sunday afternoon if Green Bay comes down there and beats them in their building and they get knocked out of the playoffs again like they have, you know, recently. Uh, I could see that kind of change being made. I could just see it. Jerry Jones going, I brought Bill Parcells down, put us in the playoffs right away when we were a bad franchise. Um, they're two different, totally different people, but we had great success with Bill Parcells. They're still talking about him in that building down there. Tony Romo, you know, went on a great run with Bill Parcells, the head coach. Like I could see Dak and, you know, and Bill going forward saying, let's, let's, let's start winning championships. Like I, I can see that happening. What happens to Pete Carroll? Well, I mean, it sounds like he's going to be in a, an advisory role with the Seahawks. He's, you know, he's very good. He's very close to John Schneider, the general manager. He's very close to everybody in that building. It's a phenomenal organization. Um, he could, there's a lot of different capacities he could serve in, including helping out with personnel and all that kind of stuff, free agency. Uh, but I, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're a college, would you be like looking for Pete Carroll to come in and run your program? Would Pete be interested in going back to college? Um, would another team be interested in, in Pete and the way he does business in the NFL? I mean, I think he could still coach. I mean, just spend ten minutes around Pete Carroll, like you don't even think about age when you talk to that guy. Nah, he's all he's got all the energy in the world. It's just such an interesting thing that the. You know, like the elder statesmen um, all have some – have changed, which really, like, it just changes the whole landscape of the league. It's just wild. Well, Andy Reid is now the new oldest coach in the league. Yeah. So 
after Belichick and Pete Carroll are out, now Bill could get back in, but Andy Reid, who we all have known since he started his business in Philadelphia, we all, you know, he's now 65. He's the elder statesman in this business. Maybe it's just the future is just getting a whole lot younger. And maybe this is just the natural turnover yeah. of guys who get to their 70s like uh, these these coaches have. And maybe this, we're going to go get the next younger versions of Belichick, Saban, and Carroll. All right, let's look at some of the games uh, for this weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. And let's talk about, like, you know, kind of like who, how, what we think, how the game script's going to go, some of the key matchups in the game. Well, let's start uh, Cleveland and Houston. And, look, I, I think this is a tough game for the Texans. I, I, I like Cleveland here, um, the way this thing matches up. I think Flacco will be able to really – do some damage down the field. I, I, I look. I like the way Houston's defense played uh, against Indy. Um, although they ran it and ran it and ran it, and they'll try to do the same thing with Ford. And I think Flacco with a play action, all that stuff. I think they'll have success. I think it's going to be. I think uh, Cleveland's defense is uh, good enough to really harass uh, CJ. I'm curious to see what you think about that. I think the most impactful coach in this game is Jim Schwartz, yeah. the defensive coordinator of Cleveland. Like, I think he has looked at every single throw that C.J. Stroud has made. He's looked at every protection that they have uh, used this year. He has seen what Nico Collins is, um, and I believe that they will have a game plan around making life difficult for Nico Collins. And that's where the offense is running through right now. Um They've got the pieces to do it. And so uh, I think this is a game in the hands of Jim Schwartz and taken down, which is a quarterback in C.J. Stroud who has exceeded all expectations and might be in that list of top five, certainly top ten quarterbacks in the league based on his ability to still attack and yet take care of the football. Hasn't been fooled much this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see the same thing, man. I, I just think I think this is a Cleveland game, and then uh, Saturday night, wow, from Miami to frigid Kansas City, a polar vortex is sweeping up the Midwest of our country. It's going to be bitter cold. I mean, as low as minus ten degrees, winds ten to twenty, absolutely frigid. In Kansas so, City. They're predicting that this might be the third coldest game in NFL history. Wow. Like, it, it's, it's, like, it's that cold. Now, when it's that cold, I don't care what your mindset is. You're going to be affected. Whether it's the kicking game, whether it's throwing the football. I was on the sidelines for a game, a playoff game between the Patriots and Tennessee, um, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was probably 15 years ago. And it was the coldest day, I think, in Boston, Foxborough. The Boston Harbor froze that week. Yep. hadn't frozen in 100 years. And I remember um, just how difficult it was for Steve McNair to throw the football that day. Brady was pretty much the same. But I, I, I think the field conditions, um, you know, how you, how you get traction on the field, the wind, how you kick the ball, the kicking game, how you throw it with the wind, against the wind, Communication when it's windy. Um, 
basic communication, I think it's going to be effective. I, I think the game's going to be effective. I think it's going to be a difficult game to handicap because of the conditions. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think obviously you're gonna, both teams are going to have to more run the ball. I mean, that kind of stuff is going, it's going to be just nasty. Uh, well, those to- things, you don't know what the field's going to be like until you're on the field. And so it could be, can you can you cut? Can you you know make a 90? Can Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco make a 90-degree cut the way we watched him the last two years? Or is the feet just going to go right out from underneath him? I mean, the game, the field will be covered, but at same, but it's going to be frozen, and so like it just, it's it's just going to be a, a track that nobody's really going to know, you know, like like the Super Bowl last year when guys couldn't get traction on that field and that logo in the middle of it that just made things so slippery, uh, and it affected pass rush and everything else. So it's going to be difficult to handicap. Can, can Miami throw the ball the way they want to? Who runs it best? Who takes care of the football? Do What do you do on fourth downs at the 30-yard line? Um, do you just go for it versus kicking it because you can't make it? Yep. I, it's just it, – we, we're not going to know any of that stuff until game day or game yeah. time. Yeah, it, it, it's going to change – it's going to change everything. It, it, it really is. Uh, then on Sunday, we have cold weather in Buffalo. Not as cold – but you know it's going to be 25 degrees. They're they're gonna they're getting snow uh, today and tomorrow, and then Sunday, Bills Steelers. It's just going to be 25 degrees. Winds about 14 miles an hour. Uh, again, th- look that that's a that's a mismatch of a of a game. Yeah, I mean you don't see the Steelers kind of scaring them, do you? I think the loss of T.J. Watt is a lot. I would have feel yeah. a lot better about Pittsburgh's defense having a guy like TJ. Um, I've nicknamed him Freddy Krueger over the years. If Freddy Krueger was chasing Josh Allen all over the field and maybe forcing him into mistakes, I mean they got some young guys in Nick Herbig that you will get a lot more carries, a lot more reps. I think the key is can Pittsburgh run the ball the way they ran it for 200 yards last week, um, and they've run it very well the last six weeks. Can they control the ball? on the ground with Najee and Jalen Warren and, and can Mason Rudolph really limit or make no mistakes? Cause Cincinnati went in there and they, they beat, they beat up Buffalo 24 to 10, like Buffalo, they couldn't win the line of scrimmage. I don't think Pittsburgh's defense can do that, but I think their offense and their offense line is capable of doing it. And I want to see if they, if they take it to Buffalo, the way they took it to a number of teams down the stretch. Yeah. I, I think we both feel good in saying that the, the Bills are poised to make a run, and I, I don't. I don't think that ends on Sunday. The four thirty game, Dallas Green Bay. This is fun because this is a matchup of this high flying Cowboys team, you know, right? And then the Packers, and we've been lo- in love with Jordan Love all season. So you have Green Bay and the youth against Dallas, beginning its run with all the expectations in the world. Well, you know, we've seen two different coaches that have been highly successful in this business in, you know, Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur. Who gets their team better prepared in this game from a game plan standpoint, what they're asking their quarterbacks to do, how they run the football. Uh, There's a lot there. Both defenses have been pierced at times this year. Uh, Dallas certainly in the run game in a number of games where they really, you know, they, they they, they had a hard time stopping teams. And so um, 
I'm anxious. This is going to be a, a very – I think this is going to be a very good game. I mean, I think Dallas will win the game, and I'm picking them to win the game. But I, it's not going to surprise me if Green Bay is in it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Because, and, and Jordan Love – because I think they can play pretty – I mean, if you say somebody play loose and free, I don't mean careless. I just mean you don't feel pressure on third and eight. Make the throw to Jaden Reed on a speed out. You've been doing it for weeks. Uh, he's your go-to guy. Um, you know, and, and just the, the different type of game plans you see from Green Bay from week to week, like they're very creative in how they run it, uh, their, their protection schemes. Um, sometimes they'll play seven or eight offensive linemen in the game. They just do some things that are look different. Than other teams, and we'll see how Dallas matches up with it. Yeah, yeah. I and it would be interesting to see if Green Bay can run the ball at Dallas because a lot of times they like to play a lot of safeties and only have one two linebackers in the game. So I, I'm curious to see if uh, if Aaron Jones goes off. Well, he's gone off against Dallas before, so uh, it's 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 well documented. It will be talked about in the pregame show the last time he visited. Uh, AT&T Stadium there. So that's that. But, you know, Jordan Love has been just clutch. And maybe this is the stage Jordan Love needs to be on for mm-hmm. everybody to say, how do the Packers do it? How do they go star, Favre, Rodgers, Love? I mean, this is the stage. I mean, his first yeah. playoff game, first year. Like, this is a big moment for him. And whether he's good in it or bad in it, like he's got he got there in his first year of starting. But if he goes there and into Dallas in his first year and lights up the Cowboys, like we're going to serenade this guy all night long, all weekend long. All right. And the Saturday night, uh, the Sunday night game is unbelievable. Obviously, Stafford and Goff against their own teams. My question to you is how do the Lions stop Cup, Puka, Demarcus Robinson, who's been terrific? And Kyron Williams, that offense is just dangerous, and it's a team whose back end has gotten beat. Well, you got to—I mean, you got to stop them on third downs. You know where they got to make a decision. You got to limit the explosive plays. I mean, I'm saying things that you would just write on a checklist. I'm not saying that right. Um, they have had the pension uh, to take the ball away from a, a number of different positions, uh, and so how do you affect? you know, Matt Stafford in this game, if you can. Because if you can't, then you're looking at maybe a shootout. Maybe you're looking at a game that's going to be played in the 30s by both teams. And who has the ball last if you can't stop them? Because then Detroit's going to have to answer their scores. And they're capable of doing it. We'll see what Sam Laporta looks like. But the creativity in the offense, the way, uh, for the most part, Goff has played. Uh, He has been guilty in a couple bad losses where he turned it over too many times. But for the most part, he's taking care of the football pretty well. And so who do you ultimately – because I think think the Rams can win this game. I do too. But I think Dan Campbell will play the game as aggressive as we saw against the Cowboys where he could be going for for two. He could, on fourth and five, go through it instead of kicking a 30-yard field goal. Like, you don't – you've seen him – fake punt from his deep in his own end zone on Thanksgiving. Like you don't know where he's going to pull something out, but he's going to play it to win it. And it might backfire. And he seems to be okay when it does backfire and to be able to live with it. All right. And the final game of the weekend takes place Monday night in Tampa. And this is my question. The Eagles have not committed to the run game. All right. In weeks. 
This is a team that they ran on in week four. Do they just swift off and don't quit on the run game? Well, in week week three on that uh, night game that week they played, three, excuse me, yeah, yeah that's they, no, they, they ran forty times for two hundred one yards, and it started on an eight yard tear by Swift in the first play, and they never really stopped him. And even though in that game Jalen Hurts threw two interceptions, um, it didn't come back to haunt them because of the way they controlled the line of scrimmage, controlled the clock, and really limited things that Tampa could do, and they won the game convincingly. I think it's their best. I think it's their best game plan period and that means look if it's third and four you're still running it and if you get stuck you know on fourth down then uh then you you have that option whether it's tush push or whatever you want to do like i just think it's a four down four down game and it's a run game and i think if they do that i think i i think i i feel very convincing that they can win this game yeah i it's interesting because i i'm really worried about how they look and how the back end looks but here's where I will agree, like, I, and I'm with you. You just got to run the freaking ball, man. This is it. I know in Philadelphia, we love to say run, 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 run. This is a game where you got to run, run, run. And Jalen needs to be a part of the run game. That yeah, has no to problem. be. He's just so much more It's so much more effective when he's a part of that thing. He gets into a good rhythm when he runs it. He likes running it. He's a good runner. Like, forget about whatever injuries have stalled him this year or, you know, I mean, do you just let it all go? We saw Josh Allen in a playoff game, entry playoff game, just say to hell with it. Like, if I'm bleeding and bloody at the end of this game, I don't care. Like, I'm getting to the playoffs. And he put the team on his back and he did it. Like, I feel like Jalen has that – we've seen Jalen do that. So, we know he has the capabilities of doing it. But I think he's got to be a part of the will um, to basically break Tampa's sword up front. And to pound him like that. Is Baker Mayfield capable of torching the Eagles secondary? You well, got Evans, well, you got Godwin, you got Kate Otten, tight end. You got White yeah, out of the backfield. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. Look, Baker, I think, will be the best that we have seen him since maybe his first or second year in Cleveland. I think this is the best. Whatever the best of Baker is, I think you're going to get the best of Baker. Now, do the Eagles just break down the secondary and turn guys loose like they've done? Do they not able to handle one-on-one situations with Evans down the field uh, where he can make you look bad because of his size, his ability to play low post basketball, um, you know, and how, how are they going to match up? So, and, and if, are they going to get any pressure on Baker Mayfield? Like, because the, the, the pressure has not been there from the front in the last few weeks. So, you know, they've got guys that have changed games over the last few years in in Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and Fletcher, and at times this year, Jalen Carter. We haven't seen much from those guys. So if it's if it's all or nothing, if you're if I was giving the pregame speech and it's all or nothing, I'd make sure these guys are playing with their hair on fire. And because I think if they do, the offensive line of Tampa, although it has improved, they're very vulnerable at a number of positions. The right guard, uh, Cody Mock, is a rookie. He looks like he struggles in pass protection a lot to me. Um, The right tackle is a very average player. Like, I think you have to win in those positions when Baker drops back. You know, Baker's elusive, but, you know, he's not going to – 
I don't know. I, he's got he's limited in the number of splash splash yes. plays. Exactly. So, I mean, if the Eagles lose this game, it's because Baker did play great and they didn't run the ball. And, uh, you know, and Tampa played a great game affecting Jalen Hurts with their blitz packages. Wow. You know, we saw this two years ago, Jalen's first full year as a starter and Todd Bowles, you know, you know, he's, he's Temple, Temple Todd will blitz all day long. So, you know, that's why another reason why you got to run it. Well, look, the thing about blitzing is, you know, if you're going up against a blitz cuz, you got to make him pay for it. And the only way, and but if you don't, all you're doing is inviting more. And so it can snowball badly on you if you're not picking up the free hitters, the overloads, some of the things that they like, the twist stunts, some of the things they like to do. So you're going to get a diet of it early, okay? And it can come from anywhere. It can be a blitz zero. It can be overloads. It can be zone pressures. Yep. It can be every variety. So if you don't pick them up and they affect you, Todd's just going to keep dialing it up. And he's going to keep coming at you. So the best way to stop it is to make him pay for it. All right, looking back, what's the biggest upset we see this week? Well, I think I think the Rams going into Detroit can happen. And I think I know the Eagles are favored by three or two and a half down in Tampa, but the Eagles. Now, look, I could be eating my words next week when we talk about you know the divisional round, cuz, but. The Eagles have shown me nothing that they are fixing any of the issues that have put them into this tailspin. Now, maybe they're having a tremendous week of practice and they're going to get on a plane on Sunday afternoon and they're going to go to Tampa with a different mindset than what we have seen going back to San Francisco, you know, and that debacle and how they just rolled them. But only the players and the coaches know what that mindset is like right now. Well, it's going to be incredible. Hey, I want you to do me a favor, and you're going to love it once you do it. I want you to go download the Game Time ticket buying app. It's called Game Time. This will change the way you buy tickets for any event. Like we're talking about all this football, these great playoff games. Well, guess what? You can go to any game. You can find the Game Time app. You download it, all right? It's for football, basketball, baseball, any hockey, sporting events, concerts, comedy, theater, whatever event you want to go, you got to get the Game Time app. It's fast, easy way to buy all your tickets. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And what I love about the Game Time app, and I'm looking at it right now, Right, the game time app has all this cool stuff, right? So last minute tickets, flash deal, uh, zone deals. All right, like so. Here's the deal: if you say I want to be in this zone, all right, you I want to be in this section. Well, they'll pick the seats, and you just pick in a section, and you're going to get savings. I mean, you got exclusive flash deals on tickets. Those zone deals, you get an average of 18% savings. I'm telling you, it's incredible. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section and, and see it for less, 
Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code ALLNFL, 20 bucks off your first purchase. All right, terms apply. Again, create the account. And you can redeem the code all NFL, A L L NFL, 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, listen, that's going to do it. It's going to be an incredible weekend, man. Super wild card weekend. Oh, I can't wait. Saturday night, we'll all be toasty while we're watching Chiefs Miami. Minus 10 is going to be incredible all the way to Monday. We'll come back on Monday and uh, we'll really dive into Eagles and Tampa. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Okay. And uh, get ready to enjoy some good football and we'll see you on Monday. Like the mayor. 